Hey there, welcome back to the Northwest Audio Podcast, Midweek Formation, where we give some supplemental content to take your formation beyond Sunday morning. My name is Nick, and I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here again with special guest, our youth pastor, Sam. Today, we continue the conversation through Lent, focusing in on the practice of silence, solitude, and prayer. Uh, for any of the listeners wondering, silence and solitude. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You're it's right. Twenty minutes of silence. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder how many people were just like, you know, did my thing break for a second? Right. Um, no. So for those who are curious, um, Sam here listens to the podcast at one point five. You said one point five speed. Yep. 1.5 speed and so the first thing he noticed as we're recording this podcast so was slow. how slow the, the music, music is <laughs> we turned it on and he's like wow this is incredibly slow my word <laughs> like, honestly. get on with it <laughs> so for those of you that listen to it on 1.5 speed listen to it at normal speed just for a second and just experience no. experience just how slow it is it's good to have a slow moving thing sam it's good to have those things you know in our life to keep us from from going too quick. Which, speaking of going too quick, look at that segue. Look at that. Um, today <laughs> we're talking about silent solitude and prayer. Um, and I think we sometimes we over we over mystify this. Is that the right word for that? That's over fair. mystify. Like That's we fair. we make silence and solitude into like like oh is this like some weird like we make it for like Buddha. PhD level yeah, or like PhD level Christians yes, or something where it's like yes. the advanced echelon only of, only the monks right. sit in silence <laughs> you know like i can't do that you know um but man is it important and like boy is it beneficial um for, for everybody i could not recommend silent solitude and prayer enough um it is just so essential um and and a big reason for that you know like I had kind of mentioned of just like everything's really fast. Like our life goes at, you know, a hundred miles an hour. It's just ridiculous. It's like driving on the five freeway in SoCal. Oh my goodness. Well, actually not because that's always at a standstill. So that's like the slowest. That's also sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the silence, solitude, and prayer. It's, it's about quieting your mind in that busy, like very distracted, very hurried culture and world. Um, and just like slowing down long enough to think about something other than the chaos that's going on around you. Like we all can acknowledge that our life is chaotic. Like, you know, how many, how, how often do we answer like, how are you with like, I'm busy, you know, like I'm good, just busy. Like yeah, I'm just keeping busy. I'm just like constantly moving. I'm constantly doing things. Silence and solitude about not doing that. Stopping for long enough to hear God and to be present with God and freeing yourself of those distractions and, um, you know, Ronald Rollheiser, um, a Catholic father, social critic, he said this wonderful quote about busyness. He says, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. <sighs> so good. It hurts. So good. Oh my gosh. I, I mentioned that, um, I referenced that quote in a sermon that I did here it's over the summer uh, yeah, over the summertime um so i'd actually i'll link that in the show notes if you want to give that a listen i talk a little bit about busyness and you know getting away from that um but in, in that sermon i also give this statistic that i want to share really quick is um so after after asking twenty thousand christians um what the number one distraction from life with god was 
this researcher, his name's Michael Zigarelli, uh, and he said the top answer was busyness. That was the number one answer from 20,000 Christians. The one thing keeping them from life with God was busyness. Um, and so he writes, it may be the case that Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, which then leads to God becoming more marginalized in mm -hmm. the Christian's lives, which then leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which then leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to then more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload. And the cycle begins again and again and again until eventually we've distracted ourselves into, into spiritual oblivion. oblivion where we are just completely far from God and we just don't even know where he is anymore. I think of like a, in John 10 when Jesus says that my sheep know my voice. We'd get to a point where we can't even hear the voice of God anymore. Right. We're wondering where is he? Like where is this voice? that you speak of Jesus. I don't hear anything. All I can hear is the ding of my phone and the, right. the, the traffic on the street. Like I can only hear all of these things that are going on. I can't hear the voice of God, the whisper of God. Um, yeah. So well, in some sense, I mean, you bring up the phone and you know, to anyone listening, even though I'm a pastor on staff, I almost feel like such a fraud mm. talking about this. Cause this is just typically, uh, in terms of my my walk with Christ and my journey, what that's been like, as you and I were talking about earlier, yeah. this is just typically not my my mo. But I was actually it's not your natural tendency to get alone with God and no, silence, and solitude. Well, I was doing uh, just some quick math here. I was looking at the phone report of screen yeah. time. So last week, this is incredibly embarrassing, but I'm just gonna throw this out on the air. I spent an average of it was a little under, but I'm gonna round up four hours a day on my phone. Yeah. So I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, well, four hours a day. Seven mm -hmm. days a week. That's 28 hours a week, That's which over means a full day. I've already lost a day out of my week, right? So I'm looking at there. It's like 1.17 days out of a week. Multiply that by 52, and I'll round up to the answer. That's basically 61 days a year, if I were to keep that trend going, that I am wasting on my phone. 61 mm. days. And for a Gen Zer, this is by no means a pat on the back for me. I'm below, yeah. significantly below oh, 100%. where a Gen Zer is. But, you know, 365 days in a year, the typical average, I'm already at 304 yeah. Yeah. just because of four hours a day on the yeah. phone. Busyness, ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I even, um, I remember when when I was leading the youth ministry, I was talking to a couple students and, you know, we were talking about screen time and we were just like looking at each other's. Mm -hmm. And one of the students opens up their phone and it was like average per day 12 no. hours 12 Get a hours. dumb phone and i was like oh my word that's so much time like what would that add up to 12 times 7 that's 96 that's 96 hours please tell me that's correct no no, it's not. 12 no, it's times not. 7, 84. Nine, 84. Thank God I'm the youth pastor not running the budget here in Northwest. <laughs> it's, so it's 84 hours in a week. 84, yes. And then, I don't know, 84 times 52. That one's that one is a beyond me. So No, that's way <laughs> above not, our we're, pay grade. We're not even going to try to do that math right now on the spot. How many people have tuned um, out by now? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of hours. All that to say, like, there's tons of hours spent on the phone, and it's only getting worse. Like, Absolutely. With each generation... Um, there's only more and more time spent on the phone. However, I will say I've noticed lately there are a lot of trends of like getting dumb phones. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people are, you know, 
like the 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 incoming young adults are like saying like man I, I spend way too much time on my phone like they're realizing it even non-christians like it's right. not even like a christian movement anymore it's like a everybody's on the same page of like this isn't doing good things to my soul mm. like i am distracting myself into spiritual oblivion even if i'm not like seeking after god per se it's distracting me into some kind of oblivion it's messing me up yeah. Like it's ruining me. The the busyness, the hurry, the the constant comparison, the the constant like low grade anxiety of just like I wake up, I read the news and see all the crap going on. I I when first thing I last thing I do before I go to bed is I check my email and I check all these things like work yeah. and the news and all of these things are constantly filling our life. Um I don't remember who said this, but someone was saying like we're getting more news and more information into our our brains in a day than we were ever meant to have well in sure like a given absolutely. like month you know what i mean like we this is just so much content for us to take in it's like lowering our capacity to understand it's lowering our capacity to have empathy it's lowering our capacity to to have friends and friendships like it's and it, frankly it's lowering our capacity to hear god because mm. we're just so distracted we're so overloaded by all of these things and all of the chaos that's happening yeah, and, and our the, trust of yeah. God and our trust of other people. It's like oh, we're, yes. we are stuffed with information and starving for truth. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and so hence the need for solitude. Hence the need for slowing down. Even even if it's just for like 30 seconds, you would be surprised at how much of a difference that makes. Like for me personally, my, my practice is um, I try to take two minutes. Mm. Two minutes. I set a timer for two minutes. Um, and that's, I mean, there's no magic magic to, to two minutes some people do 10 some people do 30 seconds there's not a verse in the um, greek or yeah, something yeah, like that no, yeah nothing, no nothing in the greek that says <laughs> must be two minutes but i um no it, two minutes is easy for me because i have a family i have things to do i've got stuff going on and so um in the morning setting a timer for two minutes is not is not that unattainable right um at least right now for me um and so i mean one day i hope to work towards like making that a little bit larger each day, maybe like 10, maybe 15, maybe 30. Um, but right now, two minutes is very easy to just sit down. Um, when it's warm enough, I like to sit on my back porch. Ooh, yeah. Um, I just have like a, I don't really have a porch as much as it is like just a concrete step. Um, but it like is perfect. Like it's exactly what I want. Like a nice crisp yes. summer breeze or something yes. like that. And so through, in the summertime, yeah. I'll like go out and sit there, set a timer for two minutes and I'll just like sit there and listen. I don't even say anything. I don't, I don't, I don't like say long lengthy prayers. I just sit there and I just listen. And I'll start by saying some sort of prayer of like, Holy Spirit come, you know, God, what are you wanting to say to me today? Um, and, and I'll just sit there and listen. I'll listen mm. to the trees. And I'll listen to like the wind kind of blow through them. I'll listen to the birds chirping because it's morning. I'll feel the warmth. I'll feel the ground on my feet. I'm out there barefoot, you know, like um, it's and that experience slows me down from all the chaos that is my house <laughs> with my one year old <laughs> and your new cat. Yes. And my new cat. And so like getting outside. Um, oh, my goodness. It's such a huge. For me, it's a huge relief. I feel like I'm getting yeah. a weight. Off of my shoulder. Would you say that's like the best part of your day? Uh, one of, yes. Yes. So why is it that that's like the best part of our day? Like being with God, the person who knows us beyond anyone else. Yeah. Like be, God knows us far more than anyone else in this universe does, yet he's the person we spend the least amount of time with. Yeah, which is why? so weird. It's such a weird thing. We're like, you know, 
every time we're every time we have an encounter with God, we're like, that was the best thing ever. All right, cool. I'm just gonna push that aside. You know, right, what I mean? right. it's that like, was a what? cool two minutes. <laughs> like what? What in the world? Uh, it's just crazy, like yeah. how how that happens. But um, I mean, you might have heard in you know Maddie in her message a while back. She had said that you know she was having a rough day, and so I said, go stand outside. Um, like go pray. Like that's kind of become our spot. You know, like if it's warm enough, like going out on that on that back porch and mm-hmm. like just sitting there and being with God for a second to like slow down. Um, and so like in that moment for her, she was like really overwhelmed. She was just like, you know, there was so much happening and she, and so I could tell, I was like, you just, you need a minute, you need a minute to like slow down, stop thinking about all the things, like center yourself with God. Um, and it was the most amazing thing that like she, she came back in and you know when she came back in there was still a little bit of stress like that's bound to happen it's not like a a cure you know what i mean but like you just click there, your heels was, three times yeah, yeah click your heels three times and you'll be fine but like she there was a noticeable like i've given some of this stuff over like i've taken a breath mm-hmm. um and i think you know even non-religious people would would agree with that and non-spiritual people they would agree with this idea of like if you take deep breaths if you calm your mind and focus on one thing that can help relieve stress and relieve anxiety and relieve all those feelings that have overwhelmed that like you have. Um, and it's like, that makes sense. Right. (laughs) Then that solitude would do the same thing, like silence and solitude and just sitting there and reminding yourself of the presence of God, um, is enough to just kind of bring you back to center. So it has, it has all these physical, mental and spiritual benefits it's as as you were talking about it's one mm-hmm. of the best parts of your day why don't we do it more why do we why do we tend to this isn't just like us speaking on behalf of christians in general this is even us as pastors yeah. why do we see silence and solitude as some of the time unattainable unrealistic well i think for one i think we uh one i think we are so busy that it's hard to take stuff off the plate it's hard to choose like what to take off um, if we need to take something off. Mm. Um, second, I think we pride ourselves in our busyness. Yeah. I think we live in a culture of like, what did you do today? And the person that says I did this and this and this and this and this, like if they have a long list of things they did that day, you're like, wow, nice. Like that's a good day. Yeah. But then the person that says, I really didn't do anything. We like somehow, not if we, even if we don't like, you know, outright say like, wow, you're unproductive piece of garbage. You know what I mean? Like we don't say that, but like, I think we all think to some extent, like, you know, I'm superior. There's a hierarchy. Yeah. Like who's busier, you know, busyness is like this gold stamp that people try to achieve. Um, and in some ways that doesn't surprise me that the enemy would work in that way in the world and be like, man, if I could just make busyness like the goal for everybody, like if everyone just wants to be busy, Boom. I just solved it. I just like, they're going to, they're going to run from God all on their own. I just get to sit back here and do nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so it makes sense in that, in, in that way. But, um, but yeah, I think that we see our busyness as like a thing that has to happen. Like I have to keep busy. I have to keep, we feel entrenched in it. Yes. I have to keep going. I have to do it. I can't just like sit and not be productive. What a waste of my time. Hmm. You know, in the but yeah, in the same breath, we're like, yeah, I'll sit on my phone for however long, right? You know what I mean? But 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 sitting with God, no, that's a waste of my time. That's not doing anything. Yeah, I love the the great theologian, Mister Rogers here. Um, 
But the, no, hang with me here. Hang with me. Not he, a Mr. He, Rogers quote. Oh, a Mr. Rogers reference. So he takes the word busy. You ask, why am I so busy? Because you said yes. You know, that's, that's actually so funny. You're busy. Luke, Luke put that acronym on my whiteboard a week ago. That is because I showed him the acronym, Luke. I showed him that on the whiteboard in our office. And Luke goes, I'm totally stealing that. Oh my, he that's stole, why he, he stole, stole it. it. He stole it not even a week later. Wow. It was just like, that's hilarious. No credit. Oh my gosh. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it, no, that's so true though. It's because you said yes. Like you, we pride ourselves in that. And so if, if we have an opportunity to do more, we will. Mm. Um, another thing. I also think that we avoid silence and solitude because we're afraid of being alone with our thoughts. Yeah. Mm. We are terrified of being alone with our thoughts. And, and there are a lot of studies coming out about that. Um, I think you had, you had sent me something where it was like people would rather experience pain like they, they did a study where people would rather experience pain than be alone with their thoughts. Yeah, yeah. The study I sent to you and Luke, it was, uh, I think this was about little 10 years ago, something somewhere around that time, but participants felt uh, an electric shock to their body. So they knew what the pain yeah. would feel like. They knew it would hurt. And they were given the, they were basically placed in this setting where they could either be alone with their thoughts. And the only other alternative was administer an electric shock to yourself. Yeah. And a whole bunch of the participants, rather than be alone with their thoughts and think in silence, they chose yeah. in some in some participants' cases multiple times yeah. to administer a painful electrical yeah. shock to themselves rather than be alone with yeah. their thoughts in silence. Yeah. Well, and it was uh I I ended up reading <laughs> I ended up reading like the study itself. Like I read through their like their their results and their their process and stuff. Mm. And for one of the experiments, they actually had them like they sat there alone with their thoughts and they, they let them administer it themselves. Yeah. And they would just basically see like how often they would do it. And it almost got to, it seemed like it was like a, a way to just fidget. Like mm. it was almost like they couldn't help themselves. They're like, I need to do something. Like, even if it hurts, I need to do something. I can't just sit here. Right. Like I can't just be, I can't just think I can't just do that. And you know, and so it, it just goes to show even further. Like we do not want to sit with our thoughts. We don't want to do it. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure why completely that is. Um, I think maybe part of it is, um, you know, we don't know what that's like. There's a little bit of like a panic of like, what do I not, how can I not think about things? Sure. You know what I mean, I think in another sense though, we are, we are so in a culture where we're trying to define our worth mm. and we're looking for it in the wrong places. Part yeah. of my, you know, pithy phrase as you and I both love yeah. to exchange back and forth, but if you try to find your worth in what you can make rather than in who made you, then mm. you have, what do you have? Mm. You have nothing. Yeah. You can't find your worth in what you can make. But here we are trying to find, okay, well, rather than pray and ask God, what do you say about me, my yeah. heart, the way I made, what are you doing in my life? It's, how does the Enneagram describe me? Are you a one? Mm. Okay, but are you wing nine or wing yeah. two? What's your Myers-Briggs? Ooh, INTJ. Yeah. Mm, not, you're not really extrovert <laughs> material there, are, right? But like, why Harry Potter house are you, yeah. right? We're like, we're looking for for worth and in all these places yeah. of whether it's work we do or we're looking for other sources rather than getting alone. And I'm I'm speaking to myself yeah. here too. Um, but we rather than get alone with our thoughts and get alone with the Lord, we're going to look for other mm -hmm. noise, other articles, other videos, other sermons, yeah. other activities to ultimately show God, like, 
you know, he, here I am like, this yeah. is, this is what I can do. Show the world. This is my worth in Christ. And that's, that's just such the opposite yeah. of the gospel and the life that Christ invites mm-hmm. us into. And I wonder if part of it is like, the reason we wonder like, would rather read stuff or listen to stuff is that it, we're then like taking things in. Mm. We're, we're getting things. It's a, yeah. it's a stimulating experience. Yeah. Um, whereas sometimes sitting alone with God feels like we're talking to ourselves or we're just like, like there's just nothing there. Like sometimes it feels like God might not be listening. And so it's like a, I'm just here. Like, what am I even doing? You know, like this is like a frustrating, you get frustrated and you're like, ah, like this it's is cause the we're worst. results oriented. Yeah. Yes, be, we yes. feel like we're not getting yes. something. We're like, we're like, this isn't working. No, you know I'm not I mean? checking enough boxes. Yeah. God, you're not speaking when I want you yeah. to. I can, at least if I read something, I can say, I read three pages about this thing or I read I read a full article about whatever it is you know but this it's like what what do I have to show for my two minutes now yeah. well we're obsessed with control yeah. and yet and yet I can now say what do I get out of you know two minutes maybe not that much but what do I get out of two minutes every day for the last month mm. more than I might be able to describe yeah like it has changed just an overall posture in me. Um, you know, uh, another thing I, I started, I actually started this recently, um, beginning every week, you know, Monday mornings, beginning in prayer, like for the week, um, even just like for my work week. Um, and even that kind of recentering has made a huge deal. Maybe not at first, maybe not like right away, but over the course, you know, down the road, I can see that I've I've been taking small steps. Um, I think it's Eugene Peterson. Yes, it is Eugene Peterson. <laughs> Along obedience in the same direction. Wow. So it's this idea of like, I'm taking small steps. You know, like life with God is a long obedience, a long journey in just one direction. You know, and right now I can't see that much of a change. But man, once I get to the end, I will see a drastic difference. You know, it'll be like when you see, when you see a friend, you know, you have friends or you have family and you see them and you don't really think they change that much. Like you don't think that they look any different. And then you look at a picture of them five years ago and you're like, what? Right. (laughs) You look so different. You know, like that's crazy. You know, like what the heck? That's, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. It's this slow burning, it's this slow changing, um, you know, not instantaneous thing um, that we that we see happen. And and so I think that's probably part of it, too, is that like. Solitude engages in that slow transformation, and we don't like that. We don't we don't like that. We don't have anything to show for our our time this morning. Yeah. Um, And so we kind of like wildly grasp at things to try and find some sort of meaning and some sort of like um, pride for the day. Like you said, we're always searching for our worth. So it's like, I need to have have something to show for the day. I need to have something to say that I did a good job. You know what I mean? Rather than just being with our creator, being with our father and just like resting in that, which is what we were created to do. Like we were created to be with God, right? You know, to be in the presence with God, to delight in him, to, to walk in the cool of the Mm. day through the garden with him. Um, and yet we have neglected that and have said, no, I just need to find meaning anywhere else. Yeah. I just think, you know, uh, us being pastors, so maybe the application is a little bit more to, to us, but you know, this is, 
for me now, my fourth, third year as a pastor, fourth in student ministry, uh, just being involved, I have never been asked by anyone at any church I've worked at. I've had parents or other students ask about how many students attended a special event or a night. I have asked how many special events we do throughout Mm -hmm. the year to describe the types of events we do to describe our discipleship. Um, How much increase are we seeing? Mm -hmm. How many kids have you baptized? How many kids have come to the Lord? No one's ever asked me how much time I've spent in prayer. Mm. Not once. But like, we don't, we don't ask that of each other. Yeah. How was your week? Good. What, what was it like? Busy. How was your prayer life? Yeah. That just, I mean, that's just hitting me right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've never asked you, if you ever, if you ever ask somebody, how was your week? The first thing you say is what you did. Yeah. Um, at least for me, not until recently when I started to try and engage with Sabbath and solitude a little more. Um, you know, I've tried, I've been trying to be more intentional about that, uh, mm. lately. And so I will say that uh, there have been some times when people have asked like, Hey, like, did you do anything this week? And I'm like, no. Mm. And it was wonderful. I love that. Like I didn't do a thing. Like I was at home, no plans. And I didn't want to make any plans because it was nice to just be home. Um, I think sometimes we're like scared about that. Um, maybe not always. I think sometimes, sometimes adults that have very busy lives, it's just like, oh, it was a really nice weekend. We got to just like be at home for a little while. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of people do value that and they'll be like, wow, that's so good. I'm so glad you got to have that time with the family. Um, but even then, like, it'll be like a couple hours. Or, or it would be like a, um, you know, if you're, if you're sharing with someone, that's not like, that's like part of the highlight reel, but it's not like the main thing. You'd be like, we did this, we did this and we got to spend some time with the family and just have some time at home, which is nice. And then we moved on and you know what I mean? Like right. it wasn't this, this like, you know, that wasn't the goal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think all that to say with this problem that is present in our culture of finding, trying to get worth and wildly grab at it around us and living in this chaotic busyness that's just distracting us into spiritual oblivion taking us away from god silence solitude and prayer is the answer to that um, i mean even jesus himself withdrew yeah you know he often withdrew to be by himself and he would say like no i just need to be alone with god i need to be i need to do my own thing um yeah and it's like if jesus did that how much more you know should we be like yeah i should probably do that like jesus who was god was able to acknowledge his helplessness without the presence of god in solitude yeah a need to go to him he was like like jesus knew he was like man as a human i need god i need god and so i need to go and spend quality time intimate time with the father by myself and then go like use that as my fuel and as my power and as my confidence and as my worth and my value and use that Mm -hmm. to then do the work of ministry and do life be human yeah like i need god in order to be human Mm. and it's like if jesus was able to put that together 
we should then look at what he did and be like, wow, maybe I should just follow in his footsteps. Isn't that what we're doing? Is, aren't we followers of Jesus? Like we should be following him in this way just as much, just as well. Um, well, it's wild too, because we may, you know, 21st century eyes and ears may look at that and go, okay, well, he had the time, but I got all, all right. these things to do and I still have ministry to do. And I find it interesting. You know, we, we were talking about this earlier. There's a author named Catherine Wright, who's an associate uh, a professor of biblical studies. She graduated with a PhD from Baylor. And she's talking about, she looks at like all these passages about Jesus withdrawing and Jesus praying. Mm. And she takes a an entire section of her work to talk about how the original hearers of Luke mm. would have heard uh, those practices and everything she quotes from, from uh, from secular authors, from those who adhered to the pantheism of some yeah. Greco-Roman religions, all of them would have said, that is a God and a leader worth admiring because all of our figures also go away to spend time with wow. the higher gods. So even Jesus' original audience, they wouldn't have gone, oh, that's that's too busy or wow. he's weak or he needs reliance. The original audience would have gone, yeah, that's a leader worth following. Yeah, yeah. he gets it. He get exactly. He, he gets, gets it. it. He realizes that that we as people need that. Right, like we need that, and we do. Man, that's so good. That's super good. Mm. Now, let's put this into a Lent context. You know, I think I think this practice is important for, you know, all of all of the time, um, not just any specific season or time of the year, but um, for Lent specifically, I would encourage you as you engage in some sort of time when solitude or in prayer um, and just being quiet and still before God to have a very reflective and repentant posture. Think of the time that you may have spent on your phone <laughs> instead of <laughs> prayer. Maybe think of the things, you know, if, maybe, maybe it looks like, you know, having your time of solitude at night and reflecting on the day mm. that you had. And saying, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm reflecting on, on, on myself and how I was today. What, what are the, like, reveal to me, what are the ways that I was away from you, that I went, that I went far from you? You know, what are, what are the ways that I missed you? Um, reflect on those things and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, Lord, Lord, teach me. You know, reveal those things to me. Search me and know me like created me a pure heart, like like continue to refine my spirit, to refine me as a person. And as you do those things, let that push you into sanctification. Let that push you into this desire for more of God. I think over time, the more, the more time we spend with God, and the more we realize our need for him and then the way that he fills our need, then the more we want him to fill it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think the more that we do this kind of posture of repentance and reflection, um, and the more we become aware of the, the gaps that God needs to fill in um, and, the, and the ways that he needs to intervene and the way that he needs to move and fix us up, the more that we will then desire him to do that more and more and more and mm. more and more. Um, and until eventually it's just like, there's just this beautiful union with God that we are experiencing. Um, you know, like I said, it's a long obedience in the same direction, you know, right. eventually we get there 
at eternity, you know, like we're, we're with God, you know, Jesus has returned and there's this, there's this experience of just presence with mm-hmm. God. And it's like full and it's complete and it's joyful and it's, it's everything that we long for. Right. Um, and that's so different than what we experience now. And following Jesus just takes us like one small step closer to that each day. Yeah. I think when it comes to silence and solitude and prayer, it's intimidating. It seems unrealistic. And it seems unnecessary. I I think that like that couldn't be farther from the truth. Right. For all of those things. And so Listener, I would just encourage you, just as a final thought here, um, to engage in this in some way, um, because this is just essential for your formation. This is essential for following Jesus. It was a uh, Martin Luther, oh yeah, reformer, and you know, the father of you know Protestantism, and he said, "As it is the business of tailors to make clothes, and of cobblers to mend shoes." So it is the business of Christians to pray. Mm. Like praying is the essential. It's the bread and butter. It's the heart of what we do. Um, you know, being with God, being with Jesus is just like the center of it all. Um, it's the most important thing that we will ever do. It's that need that has to be filled. Um, we need God to be human. Yeah. Um, so I would just encourage you listeners to engage in that in some way, um, particularly in this season of Lent. So, And the quote is beautiful, again, because it's not something complex. It's not yeah. something hard. It's simple. It's a two-minute timer. Yeah. It's a walk, not yeah. listening to music yeah. for five minutes. Don't listen to music in the car. It's journaling. Just be quiet. You know, like, that's a, that's a big thing of, like, on your commute, don't listen to music. Don't listen to a podcast. Just be quiet with God. Mm. When you're in the shower, just be quiet with God. Like... There are so many moments throughout the day that we are quiet um, and we just don't realize it. Like how, how simple it could be, difficult, but simple to just turn our attention towards God, even just for a moment um, to center ourselves um, and to be quiet with him. So yeah. It's a good word. Good word. If you have questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, please let us know. You can do that by going to the media tab on our website at mercyroadnw.com. And on our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community, and you can get a hold of me or Luke directly as well if you go to the staff page. So thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.